Good morning, everybody. It's Jerry here on Dear Asian Americans. And before we get to our conversation with Catalina today, talking about student loans, I want to share with you another Asian American business we want to highlight. This one is in the CBD space, and it's Love CBD. And that's love with five L's. Love CBD is an all-natural cannabinoid to drop you take under your tongue. There are two strengths, four different flavors. They've partnered with spinal surgeons, podiatrists, chiropractors, pharmacists, and other medical providers to help with pain management and recovery. Check them out at love.com. That's love with five L's. Or you can find them on Instagram at love, L-L-L-L-L-O-V-E dot well. And a quick note about my interview with Catalina that you're about to hear. We recorded this about a week ago. And as the world is changing so quickly, uh, really good news is that during the interview, we chatted a little bit about uh, just the interest being forgiven in student loans. And since then, we've learned that part of the stimulus package that was passed last week includes a six-month forbearance on all federal student loans. So that's good news for a lot of people. So even though this conversation is about a week old, uh, things are changing very quickly. Just wanted you to keep that in mind. Thanks again for listening to the Asian Americans. And here now is my conversation with Catalina. Hey, everybody, welcome to Dear Asian Americans on the Helper series. Uh, it is here during the, uh, the second week or the third week of March, and I am talking to some amazing everyday heroes within our Asian American community. Um, given all the challenging things that we are going through right now, we are dealing with the coronavirus crisis from a health and public health perspective. We are also dealing with the economic implications that each of us are facing scared sometimes our businesses are at stake we have uh, debts and obligations and payments that are coming up and unfortunately we're also dealing with a little bit not a little bit um, and growing number of concerning anti-agent racism that is going on in this country uh, while we cannot cover everything every day i wanted to talk to my friends old and new um, who are doing some amazing things in the community to bring light and to bring helpful tips uh, to us uh, to help us get through these times you know, in a number of different ways. And so today I am so happy. Um, I've known Catalina for a while now through our business school experience, and um, she's working on some amazing things. So um, I am so happy to introduce you to Catalina Kaiyura Wangs, uh, who is the CEO and founder of an organization called Loan Sense. So Catalina, thanks for joining us on the show. Yeah, no worries. Happy to be here. Um, tell us a little bit about you, your background, and uh, let's go back a little bit and, and you know, tell us where you're from and um, how you ended up here. Yeah. So um, I came to the United States at 11 years old. Um, I actually don't often have people ask me about this, but uh, we came uh, after the Southeast Asian crisis. Um, my father stayed in Thailand. I came with my mother and two sisters. Uh, my mother is not college educated. So we landed in Florida where my grandparents on my mom's side was. Essentially, my mother worked several jobs and I was the oldest of uh, my two younger sisters as well. And I just remember, you know, my mother was always uh, very much like, if you want to go to college, you got to make it happen. You got to study hard. She was always very good about teaching us to save our money, do well in school. These were some of the strong principles. Yeah, we worked really hard. And I went to undergrad at Barnard College uh, in, of Columbia University in New York City. And um, that's actually where I met my spouse. Um, 
essentially, uh, I did some work, my, my story pre-MBA really quickly, I uh, went to work at the district attorney's office in the Child Abuse Bureau and realized I do not want to be an attorney. So I joined the Peace Corps. I went to Latin America. Uh, I went to the Western Highlands in Guatemala. I was a health educator there and I came back. I essentially got like fast tracked a federal job to work in the Department of Justice in the Office of International Affairs, where obviously having a lot of language skills is, is helpful there. And I was like, oh, no, I, I do not, because the only way to really rise up once again is to be an attorney. So I was like, ah. So I was like, what am I going to do? So I, I, I really believe in volunteerism. So I went to um, this local, it was actually an immigrant integration organization. They basically, I start, just started volunteering there. And then I basically said, I want to work on all your educational initiatives uh, fund me for, I don't remember what I said, three months. I'm going to figure out how to make this work because I went to them and they're like, we would love to start up this program. We don't have funding. So I said, give me three months. I'm going to make this work. I'm going to learn to fundraise. I'm going to learn to do whatever it takes. And so that's essentially what I did. I took um, a program with 12 students and expanded it to about 2000 and helped um, lower income communities, especially the immigrant community in my hometown get access to Pell Grant dollars and so they can go to college. In that process, um, I really dug deep when I came to business school, when after I did my couple of internships while I was in school, I'm like, I'm not feeling passionate about this work. What do I really care about in what I was doing prior that I got just so much fuel from? And I reflected back and I was like, I've helped all these students get into college and I was starting to hear from them because they were starting to graduate and there was no help or understanding on how to actually manage this debt once they came out. And the only resources online are mostly pushing refinance. There has to be better resources in a better way. So that's when I just started literally during business school, I made a goal. I'm going to figure out solutions to this that we can find a market-based approach to help people with their student loan debt. And that's, I'm going to pause and let you kind of ask. Um, I think that's amazing because, you know, I've, I've known the, the latter chapters of your story. And, and so to get that context of um, obviously hosting this show has, has given me so much insight and um, happiness and joy finding where people really are from, it puts into context why we do the things we do and why we are so passionate about it. I, I think that's amazing. You know, when we met in business school, it was largely because we overlapped um, on some student organizations. Um, but more importantly, um, you interned at the company that I was working at. So, you know, we did spend a little bit of time talking to each other about working in consulting. You know, you won an amazing case competition um, that I had a help in your know, hand in, in organizing. So I've, I've seen you go through your journey and um, have seen with very privileged front row seats, your journey into um, giving up a, what would be a no brainer, very lucrative career in consulting, one that I started then walked away from, but you, you opted not to even begin. Um, instead, you know, choosing the path of an entrepreneur's journey post business school, which is not a financial decision that most people make. And even to give more context, it wasn't even like, hey, we're going to go start the next billion dollar whatever. It was, I want to use market conditions in my knowledge and everything I've learned to fix one of the greatest generational problems that we have seen in a long time from a financial lens. So yeah, take us a little bit through that journey of, must have been hard to walk away from the offer letter from the firm and 
Um, I know you spent a lot of time during school going to pitch competitions and refining your idea and even having a, a name and a brand change. So um, take yep. us through that journey. So, um, well, you know, it takes a lot of reflection to come to terms with, am I going to take a consulting or offer versus start a company? But I thought about, you know, the kind of privilege I was in and the privilege that I was in is essentially, I reflected about um, my childhood best friend's path in life. She graduated with pretty significant debt and I did not. And what I was allowed to do as a result, as while I worked for this nonprofit earning very little, I was able to buy a house, rent out two of the rooms, save to buy another house. I was able to actually build some real estate. I was able to, to build this portfolio of real estate, which now allows me to have, and, and, you know, the market conditions aren't great today, speaking about this, but to be able to have some residual income from that. And so um, I was always really, really, really smart with my money. And as a result, like my best friend, the money that I invest in my first home, she literally had more than what I put in my first home in student loan debt. It really has completely impacted our our lives because um, she's still at home living with her parents and I've been able to do just basically so much more, including going to get my MBA, which was incurring more debt, right? And so when I came out of business school and was analyzing like, what am I gonna do? I thought to myself, when else in my life am I gonna be in this position? I don't have children right now. I just felt like there was no other time but now and that I felt a calling that I had to do something now, number one. Number two is, all the solutions, like I mentioned in the marketplace, were very much geared towards pushing people to refinance, which is not the right, actually the right decision for 50% of Americans. And I can confidently say 50% of Americans because number one, most refinance companies won't even accept most Americans' applications because they're not making enough money. They're not like the cream of the crop borrowers. They don't have enough high, they don't have a high enough credit score. Their parents won't co-sign for them. Their wage isn't high enough. They're not MBAs, they're not medical doctors. Um, in addition, if you're a public servant, you get your loans forgiven. So you can get an effective interest rate of below zero if you get your debt forgiven, but there's nobody to help. There's no solution to help people navigate through that. So I was like, this is an opportunity for us to figure out how we can bring that solution to life. And so I just felt like there's no time, but now and my day-to-day -day calling, and of course I've had conversations with you about this as well and other peers, like I just couldn't give up doing what I felt really passionate about to collect an immediate paycheck. Because if I were about immediate gratification, I probably would have done something more lucrative as well pre-MBA. But I am about, and I do believe that in life, I need to bring forward my gifts. And financially, it will work out if I'm true to my purpose. I really, really believe that. And that's why I'm super supportive of you going on doing all these podcasts as well, yeah. you know? So it's just, it's what I believe. I'm not going to live my life just fearing that I need to earn X amount of money. I feel like if I'm doing what I'm passionate about and I will figure out how to bring cash flow in other alternative ways, even if it's not directly related to my passion. You know, so so I guess that's my philosophy. I think that's a great perspective, right? So you, you talked a little bit about fear and you a little bit talked a little bit about passion in the last week. Um, and that's generous because I think we are still it, it's Wednesday at 5 p.m. here in L.A. So 
Um, some cities, some major cities are on shelter in place, um, are impending shelter in place. There's a large part, uh, unfortunately, a large part of the country who are either, um, you know, willfully ignoring or just oblivious to what's going on. And um, so, so the world continues to change around us. And so the questions that I think are on top of a lot of people's minds, uh, particularly in the Asian American community, because education was what was pushed down our minds for so long that I do believe, um, and this is without data, and this is just you know observation, that uh, more of us have been pressured or been told that this was the right thing to do, mm-hmm. to go pursue not only undergraduate degrees, but further degrees after mm-hmm. that, because mm-hmm. things like that were tied to um, prestige, in, prestige, yeah. honor, respect, you know, right. doing right by your parents, all these things that are good, um, but not necessarily considering the financial implications. So, um, you know, there are many people right now that are physically terrified of mm-hmm. making their next student loan payment. Mm-hmm, we've mm-hmm. talked a lot about uh, this year with the political campaign on the Democrat side of what do we do about student loans? So mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. the two biggest proponents were, you know, Senators mm-hmm. Warren and mm-hmm. uh, Sanders. And in talking about eliminating all or most of student debt, um, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. even if, um, you know, Senator Sanders still in the race, you know, we'll see how that plays out, but it's not, you know, things, it's March. And so what do we do now? Right. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Um, you know, President uh, Trump yeah. said we will waive the interest and everybody's like, does it matter? It's not the interest we're worried about, man. It's right, the actual right. chunk. So um, people are scared. They're expecting, right. you know, some sort of um, relief or something from the government. Uh, but, you know, as, as of always, unfortunately, they're giving, you know, um, 10 figure bailouts to large companies. And, and mm-hmm. still the individual people who have massive amounts of debt um, with payments coming in the next mm-hmm. week, two weeks, um, you've seen it, I've seen it, people are, they don't know what to do. Um, right, because right. right now, food is more important than rent. Right, right. And safety is more important than a student loan payment. Right, right, um, right. What, what are some practical right. tips that you can give to you know, and I, I don't even want to say young people because I'm a 36 year old dad of two and my wife and I both still have student loans. Yeah, um, so, yeah. you know, w- what do you tell people that are afraid? Some, uh, yeah. some tips. So I would love to give tips. Um, the first thing I want to talk about too, and, and so that this could be just general information for, for those listening, student loans, the average payoff is at age 43. And the largest growth in terms of borrowing rate at the amount um, is actually in the 50 plus because they're borrowing for their children. It's in the form of parent plus loan. So they cap the amount you can borrow as an undergrad, but they do not cap the amount the parent can borrow for their child. So as a result, we now have a growing and increasing population above the age of 50 with student loan debt that they are either carrying partially for themselves, but now also taking out for their children. So I definitely wanted to say it's true. It's not just young people with this problem. It's now a an older population, which directly threatens their retirement security because obviously they're closer to retirement. So for those that are wondering what they should do, first of all, I want to say you're not alone. You're definitely not alone. And I just want to talk about how many hundreds of people we've helped and just the amount of fear and feeling like, who do I go to, to speak about this? Like, what do I even do? You know, it's like my, like if, if my parents have a CPI, it's like CPAs don't know. It's like, 
can you really trust your loan servicer? There's all these questions about how, who you go to, and that is why our solution exists. But our tip, right? My tip would be, there's this interest freeze, which I actually recommend people to go take a look at the video I published today. But basically, interest freeze only means that, let's say you have a $400 payment and your interest at this point in your payment cycle is $60. That means that you literally don't pay that $60, but still have to pay the other $340, right? So if that's a financial hardship, the best advice that I can have that I have is not to go on forbearance, but because forbearance just suspends your payment temporarily, which people are like, oh, well, why don't I do that? But I'm just saying right now, if someone has experienced a reduction in wages, let's say you usually make 60,000 and now you're making equivalent over a year of 20, just because your income cut into a third. Now's the best time to actually go on an income-based payment plan because depending on your marital status and if you have children, you can just definitely, you can get your payments all the way down to $0 basically and have it last for one year with the current tools we have in place. And you don't have to wait for your servicer to actually execute President Trump's interest freeze proposal that he has made. So we're, we're basically recommending do not wait for your servicer to come out and say, this is what your new payment is, because it's going to take them months to execute to figure out how to do the amount every individual person owes. There's 45 million borrowers. So we're just recommending use the tools that already exist, get on an income-based payment plan. If you don't understand how to do that, like we have a direct, we basically flipped our application to be a direct to consumer site right now to help people. So even if you're not coming through an employer, you literally answer five questions and we'll tell you how much money you can save right then and there. Our tools are free. Obviously, if you want us to help us file, um, we have a low, we have a, a low fee, but we've reduced our fee fee momentarily as well due to coronavirus. And we would love to help anybody who wants to just enter the five questions and find out if they even qualify and how much they can reduce their payment by. And then if they want us to help us help them file, we're happy to do that as well. But basically, use the tools in place and don't wait for the government to give you any relief right now because that has not been announced. And what was announced, of course, President Trump announced it without actually thinking, how can the servicers implement this? And that's right. what the problem is right now. Our site is app.myloansense.com slash loan help. We should have probably done it a little more condensed, but it's um, is there anywhere I can leave that in writing? Yeah, we, we, we can we can put it in the podcast notes. And um, yeah. when the video goes out, I'll try to put it right here. So um, or myloansense.com is your main page, correct? And yep. um, so uh, myloansense.com. And I think this challenge and, and these times, whatever may come from it, however long it lasts, you know, there are um, already realizations and then sort of, you know, everything that I thought was necessary or I need to or important in life. Uh, we're changing definitions of that, not only within our own, you know, minds and, and, and families, but as a society. Um, I, I do hope that student loan is is something that um, is is greatly changed as a result of this because it, it limits, like you said, it's not just the young people. And I think when we talk about student loans from a political or uh, policy perspective, that's the generation that is most targeted. Share with me a little bit in the audience about, you know, let's say this passes and it's a year, uh, maybe students are in school and they're, you know, making career decisions based on, oh my God, I have this pending payment that, you know, mm -hmm. even with the grace period come October, November, I got to start paying. 
Um, let, I mean, we're not even touching about the fact that jobs not might be there for them when they graduate, depending on how long this impacts um, all of us. Um, that's not to scare you guys. It's just, you know, a pot with, it's within the realm of possibility because um, we've never seen this thing happen before. So um, general tips, not, you know, coronavirus March 2020 tips. Right, um, right. You know. So yeah, I absolutely want to say to every young person, obviously working with a lot of young people, um, you know, focus on what skills can you gain in what you're passionate about doing. Right now, the world is so open, like the traditional idea of a job is not, um, I don't think stays firm and true. And I think Developing your skills and your passion is really, really important because there's always ways to hustle and make it, right? I really believe in that. I fundamentally believe in that. And not only that, but um, when you go to employers, you know, they say that over the next two years, um, student loan repayment benefits, they say that basically over the next two years, 30%, over 30% of employers are going to offer student loan repayment um, assistance as a benefit. So if you're a young person and you come out, I think simply asking when you're hired and about the hiring package, whether um, your employer would consider helping you pay off your student loans. And the reality is, is most benefits right now are designed for those that are building the benefits packages, which generally tend to be people that are older and they don't always think about the needs and the desires of younger people. But right now in our economy, there's such a large turnover of young people. And what we do when we really talk about our value proposition, because Loan Sense is selling to employers as a benefit, ultimately, we tell employers like, yeah, you don't care that much about your younger population. Not that they don't say they don't care, but they don't care as much because the people making the decisions are generally are older and they're the executives that most times don't have student loans. So what we go and say, we say, hey, developing your employee pipeline is just like developing your sales pipeline. What is your succession plan, right? Who is going to take over if your CFO, your lead salesperson gets hit by a bus. Do you have the three to five people training up in all those skills that can replace him? And the answer is usually for a lot of companies that are at least mid small to smaller that are not these huge gigantic corporations is the answer is no, because they, because what happens is a lot of people turn over for three years and then there's a lot of seasoned people, but there's nobody in the middle. So I think people, young people graduating, and if they take traditional jobs, they need to realize that they have power in the marketplace too. And employers will only offer what people ask them to. So the number one experience we have is like, employers are willing to put benefits in place, but people need to ask for it. And so a lot of people don't know it's even a possibility, right? So we bring that to the table. You know, we help employers think about how can they design their benefits package to include student loan repayment assistance, but also if they're a public sector employee or a nonprofit, nonprofit hospital system, how can they just generally help their employees manage all the paperwork to get their loans forgiven? And so we're part of that as well. And I think that's what differentiates us a little because we actually help with the paperwork process. So anyways, I guess to young people, know what you're worth, know, know what skills you want to develop to realize your passions. And if you were to enter a traditional job, ask about things that actually help you. And I think learning how to self-advocate is so important. So, And, and I am glad that we have, Catalina, I, I am really glad that we have people like you who um, through your extremely diverse and um, 
unique experiences in government, in a nonprofit, in, in corporate world and in education um, that you've decided to put it towards good use. If, if you are a, an executive founder or, or somebody who has um, you know, access to these people who make decisions on HR and benefits issues, um, you know, maybe you didn't know until this conversation that student loan repayment assistance could be something that you could offer that you do get tax benefits from. Um, and in lieu of cash compensation, something that actually might be more meaningful uh, to those of us who still dread um, that monthly debit that comes out, um, you know, even if, you know, people have refinanced or, you know, all that. Um, you know, I, I think this is a very timely conversation. Um, you know, I, I don't, uh, I, I did hear about a friend who, whose loan servicer, um, you know, po- put a pause on his payments specifically when he asked. Um, so, you know, there's at least one, um, you know, case of that happening. Um, you know, in addition to, I think, Catalina's uh, advice about um, getting a income-based loan system in place now uh, to help you for the next year. Um, as with all things in life, you don't know what's possible until you ask. Um, mm-hmm. It's not just individuals that are going through this. Um, banks are scared. Um, the federal government should be scared uh, because they are the largest holder of uh, student debt. And mm-hmm. as, as I mentioned before, if I have a hundred bucks and I can go buy food for my kids, pay rent, pay do the utilities, or pay student loans, the last three aren't going to happen. Um, you know, right. we are living in extremely difficult times where um, people are uh, making decisions based, you know, uh, for temporarily, um, you know, in, in survival mode. So. Um, these are uncharted times. Um, it's amazing, though, to see uh, people like you and everybody else in our community step up, um, provide free resources, um, turn and change business models on a dime um, to be able to have, you know, uh, free help. And um, just it's it's been an amazing experience for me to be a part of. It is uh, inspiring, really, you know, and I think everybody's doing their own part. Everybody is doing what they can from wherever you are, because we, we're going to need all of us to get through this together. I, I don't have a magic crystal ball, and nobody does either. Uh, we just hope that we can do our best, stay the hell home, help what you can, um, maybe wa- watch one less Netflix show and call a friend, offer to help, do something, right? So the name of the show is Dear Asian Americans, and it is is a, a love letter a uh, to us, from us, to a younger version of ourselves or anybody that can resonate with our stories. So Catalina, help us close out the show. I, I will start and then you can finish. Mm-hmm. Uh, dear Asian Americans. Be you. Be your individual self, whether it fits into a stereotype or not. Whatever that means. Just bring your gifts to shine and show others what you have to offer. Um, yeah, I, I almost want to tell a story why I say that, though, Please. because um, every time my mother would take us to eat at this Chinese buffet growing up when she didn't have time to cook, we'd walk in and the woman would always ask my mom, so are your daughters going to be engineer or doctor? And I used to always say, mom, tell her I'm going to be a social worker. Not because I always wanted to do that, but but because I, I, I really realize how funny but also harmful stereotypes can be because it can shape and change us in so many ways. So I think I say that because 
whatever you have to offer as an individual and whatever you're good at, no matter what that is, that is who you are as an individual, regardless of your identity, regardless of your race, regardless of your income. And, and just know that you can bring that to the world and we love you for you. So, um, yeah, don't let anybody put you down or treat you less than so, um, because you're not. So that's what I want to say. Thank you. That was beautiful. Um, it's not easy. Uh, again, I'm a middle age. I don't know if 36 is middle age. I'm still trying to figure <laughs> things out. Um, I, I got two kids, right? I'm still trying to figure it out. Um, and then it's okay. And I think, um, you know, two things that you said is to be you, but is, is that you're not alone. Um, it, is, it is so easy particularly in this time of social distancing and everybody staying home, um, it's easy to feel extra alone. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, call a friend, um, check in on somebody, you know, um, we're doing this Zoom, you're in Michigan, I'm here in California. Um, it is easier to connect with people um, in, in an amazing way that's really never been possible before. This has been a challenging time for me personally. It's, it's a challenging time for so many of us. Um, I, I don't have all the answers. Um, you don't have all the answers and nobody does. Um, we just have to do what we can given the knowledge and expertise that we do carry. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for, for as long as I can, um, I'm going to keep inviting friends to come on and, and share their story because I, I don't know who's going to listen to this story and it's going to be an impactful way. So it's been a pleasure. It's been my honor to have you on the show. Catalina, continue to do what you do. Personally, I am extremely proud of you. I wish I had the guts to not take that offer with that really tempting signing bonus. Uh, but life, life is, you know, life works itself out in, in different ways that we cannot foresee. Yep. Yep. We all have our lessons to learn, yep. you know, through different chapters. So yep. thanks, so, Jerry, for inviting me on. It's, it's been great. Um, quick shout out to uh, the Consortium for Graduate Studies and Management, uh, our friends at Ross. Um, our friends at AABA and all the, the amazing people who have played a role um, in my development and my maturity and, and growth, as well as Catalina's. So yeah, it's, it's been fun. Uh, I hope you got something out of it. Please do contact Catalina. Go to the website at myloansense.com or look for her on LinkedIn to connect with her, her links to everything. Check in the podcast notes. Um, if you're seeing this video on Facebook or Instagram, um, check the the word part. I don't, can't even talk right now. So um, <laughs> check the description part for the links and, you know, tell a friend or two um, if, you know, you're having conversations with friends and it is a stress point talking about uh, student loans um, or whatever it is. But again, thank you, Catalina. Be safe out there in Michigan. Stay warm because I'm pretty sure it's, it's cold out there still. Um, and I look forward to the day that we can celebrate all of your successes in person. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, Jerry. Take care. Hope you enjoyed my conversation with Catalina. If you are an employer or somebody in HR that wants to learn more about how you can offer student loan repayment and other services related to student loans as a part of your benefits package, please do reach out to Catalina at myloansense.com. Share this episode with two or three friends if you enjoyed it. Looking forward to sharing more Asian American stories with you this week and beyond. Check us out on DearAsianAmericans.com or at Dear Asian Americans across all social media platforms. Hope you're staying well, hope you're staying safe, and hope you're staying inside. 
Thanks again for joining us, and I'll see you next time.